Good afternoon, Planet Boblimpdok. Good afternoon to all the tribes east of the Great Sea. Good afternoon to the nuns in the nunneries and the cloisters awaiting their Prince Charming. Good afternoon to the monasteries that make the beer. Good afternoon to the cities far and near. Good afternoon to the cattle in the sky. Good afternoon to the various demon lords. Their time is nigh. Christ returns. <laughs> Better update your life insurance. And if you hear some mistakes on the bass clef and in piano terms on the lower keys, that's where my left hand is. And I broke my arm about a month ago, my humerus. It was a clean break, not a fracture, not a bendy, complete separation. I asked my doc, will you put in a ball and socket there? Can you bisect my muscle and give me a, a second elbow? Because imagine if you were the man with three elbows. If he put in a ball and socket joint and, you know, did all kinds of funky shit with my muscles and neurons, it would take about two to five years for physical therapy. But then imagine me in a UFC contest. Yeah. Yeah. Ultimate fighting. The man with three elbows. I could do the snaky slap. I mean, that is one of the most demeaning slaps where your arm is all fluid and you're doing a snaky slap, but I could do a perfect one. Yeah, they'd never see that coming. It is Saturday, January the 21st, 2023, and it's your good friend Dan, also known as Dr. Freckles. And I am here to talk to you about the world as I see it. One of the things I mentioned in my previous podcast, other than the fact that I'm still recovering from my injury. So if you hear a lot of bad notes on the piano, um, I'm treating this as physical therapy. I think it's helping. But it doesn't imply that all my capabilities have returned to my left hand yet. I mean, it's not so bad. But I'm not really doing any... Yeah, it's getting better, but I wouldn't say I feel 100% comfortable yet. I've got some weird muscle, um, not maybe it's kind of like paralysis, but some muscle stiffness in my forearm. And I'm assuming it's normal. And again, I think playing the keyboard is going to help with that. But it's getting better. I mean, you know, I was pretty honest about how I'm getting this paid for in my previous podcast, but I just want to emphasize that um, if I had the money, I would have felt comfortable paying for it because I think that the orthopedic surgeon did a good job, I think. So far, so good. I mean, I was afraid I would have paralysis because of where the bone broke. They were very worried about damaging the radial nerve. And they didn't. And um, 
So I'm thankful. I remember asking them before they put me under, can I say a prayer? And and let, listen, folks, you know, if you listen to my podcast, you know, as far as Christians go, I'm far from the most pious. Um, I definitely practice my podcast where I, the way I think the Lord would like to practice our, our lives, and that is free, which means also we sin, we make mistakes, but to live free. And so, yeah, I'm not always the most pious person, but before my surgery, I asked if I could say a prayer. And, and I asked a bunch of folks before I had the surgery, can you say a prayer for me? Do I believe in the power of prayer? Well, yes, I do. Even if I were not a Christian, even if I didn't believe in God, there are spooky aspects to human consciousness that lead me to believe that we are connected. And the way I see the world, that connection is through Jesus. Yeah. But a Buddhist or a Zen Buddhist or a Krebist or a practitioner of the ancient animism might see it differently, you know. An atheist will tell you it's all random bullshit. I mean, I look at Boomer, the dog. The dog I I like to you know, walk when I'll be able, when I can do that again. It's probably going to be another month, but I'm kind of missing it. And he's not a dumb little machine. He's a Sharpay. He was abused as a puppy. He was being trained to be a fighting dog. And he trusted people and people were kind. And that life changed, but he's still got a lot of PTSD, a lot of food aggression issues, because one of the things they do with fighting dogs is they starve them. They starve them, and it's not funny. Um, but I can't look at Boomer as some sort of random accident. Even though he does the funniest shit, there's a logic to it. It's not your logic, it's not my logic, but there's a brilliance to it. If you understand the world for which that dog is optimized, just like, you know, the predecessor, the, the ancestor, the wolf, if you understand the world that that creature is optimized for, dogs are pretty fucking smart. I'll put them up against any Boston Robotics bullshit with an M16. I mean, I would. I would I would rather train a dog to use a gun that's mounted on their back, and I'd have more faith in that in terms of the right targets being hit. But the truth is, I'd hope we'd never have to come to something like that. Um, that's a whole dark subject, folks. War. So, yeah, the arm's getting better. Um... I'm able to do more with it. Yeah, so I'm able to do more with it, but I'm trying not to push it too far. Um, I, I'm going to have some you know, recovery. I'm going to need to spend a few months, you know, taking better care of myself, you know. I probably need to lose about 40 pounds. And it's not that I don't think I can lose it. I truly thought the food crisis would be here by now. I'm a little, I'm a little impressed. I think that, you know, it's funny. Alex Jones talked about the, the bazillion rifle rounds that the U.S. government bought like 10 years ago. Like, Four rounds for every American that they could shoot an American, this 40 cal caliber hollow point or whatever. 
And when I think about it, what I think they've been doing also probably more as much as that is they've been stockpiling food. And you could say, well, that's wise, Dan. You don't want people to starve. I don't think it's stockpiling the food so that so that it leads anywhere. I think it's it's because they really do need to run out the clock on something. I don't know what it is. And until they do, they want they want people angry, they want people confused, they want people obsessing over things that will never be fixed, like Hunter Biden or you know, or some of this, you know, Sam Bankman fried bullshit or the Epstein shit. They want people to be sad and angry and traumatized, maybe permanently traumatized. Like the, the first two weeks after 9-11, but multiplied to a billion, and it's really not ended since the beginning of 2020. We we just finished year three. And and why you'd want to do that while you're doing it, the one thing you definitely want to do is other than some petty psyops around the boy who cried wolf toilet paper shortage. The one thing you want to do is keep people fed, though. You do need the bread with the circuses. The circuses may encompass the whole life. The monkey herpes, COVID, the frickin' race war bullshit, the never-ending trauma drama around Trump and Biden. But you still want people fed. You know... I, I got to say, I think they've done that. But like I said, I need to lose 40 pounds. I expected food to be scarcer by now. And, and frankly, I expected the federal government to be closer to collapse by now. I, a lot of people think, oh, damn, that's crazy. Look at all the IRS agents they're going to hire. It's like, listen, you think, you, you're you seeing that as a sign of strength. But for somebody who understands systems engineering, that is an absolute indication of failure. Okay, the the kinds of things our government are doing is doing right now, especially with the Ukraine, if that's true. I think it might be mostly bullshit. I mean, and you can email me and say, you know, a first cousin to a Ukrainian and they're on the front lines battling all day like Clint Eastwood or something. And if that's the case, fine. But I got to say, I, I the Ukraine is looking more and more like the follow-up to the COVID. I think they thought the COVID, what I call the monkey herpes, was going to take them to the end point. I, I think we've been in a five-year window since late 2019. Not a discrete thing, a five-year window of probability. And I think they expected some event, very catastrophic, to occur within that window, which means it's a fuzzy event, which means it could be geological, you know, definitely... If, if they believed that some of these caldera volcanoes were going to kick off, um, but they didn't, they couldn't pick a date. They could pick a window and said, 100% starting 2019 for the next five years, it's going to happen. I think that's about where they are, frankly, if you ask me with a lot of their predictions. And they can probably make some of those decades in advance. Who knows? It's a fuzzy event. If it was an asteroid or a comet or even Planet X... You know, given the math since Newton, you can more or less make a pretty good guess as to the date that something's going to happen. But with certain types of events, to include the collapse of the petrodollar, which, like I've said, is a great contender for a fuzzy event. And to some extent, if you control the money, you can predict it. You know, you could argue, well, you could trigger it. But I think they understand that they are just grinding metal now. 
that all the money printing in the world isn't going to magic into existence any more acres on which you know food is being grown or any more barrels of oil. It just isn't going to happen. That kind of magical thinking has come home to roost. So anywho, I've been on a bit of a rant tangent just now, a tangential rant. Um, it is January the 21st, 2023, just after 4 p.m. here in Utah, near in the shadow of the Uinta Mountains that rise so high towards the sky, sheltering the Wookiee people who are going to come forth and steal our shit. We deserve it. You know, the Wookiee people are, are up there. Like they're up there. The Wookiee people are up there in the sky looking down upon us. They hearken after our beer and our busty women. Yes, the Sasquatch people, the Wookiee people, they hearken after our craft beer. They want our women. They want to reproduce. They'll take over Silicon Valley. They'll make a Wookiee computer. Yes. That's where I live. I live you know, on the cusp of chaos, just like you. It is not the end of the world, brothers and sisters. It's another thing I try to emphasize to my friends in the world out there. You know, the, the ones that have helped me out through prayer, through donation, through whatever you can do. Um, and just your positive thoughts and your willingness to listen. The thing I want to emphasize again and again, this is not the end of the world. I'm a Christian, so I can say, as a Christian, it's definitely not the end of the world. Just because there's something called tribulation doesn't mean the world ends. It does go through a transition. And there is a future, you know, that involves question marks. Big ones. Big question marks. I mean, if you've, if you've read the book of Revelation and other prophecy... The one thing you don't have a clear idea about, okay, after the thousand years, after the millennium kingdom, then what? I mean, there's a thing about Satan being let out for a bit to fuck around. But then he gets thrown into the hole with all the other, you know, people who were not um, saved, who basically were going to be thrown into hell forever. Um, and that's basically how Revelation ends. And you're not left with an idea, okay, then what? Then what? Is it one book in a series? Is it the beginning and the end? It, it seems to me that you can make a logical argument that there is another book that follows the Bible. We just don't know what it is yet. We haven't lived it yet. It hasn't really been written yet. If it is written, it's in the mind of God, in, in, in the mind of Jesus Christ. If it's out there, it has not been written. And if it is written, it's in the mind of God. 
Yeah, this has been a weird podcast. The podcasts since the injury are difficult to categorize. I, I don't really want to focus on anything real um, just because I think we're being overloaded with bad information. And it's coming from every direction. It's coming from the social media. It's coming from the official mainstream media. And it's also coming from a lot of these alternative sources. And, you know, I don't really want to be another one of them saying, oh, listen to me. You know, yeah, do I think that they have been preparing for a catastrophe? Yes. Does that mean they're right? No. And if you want to know what the best solution to any problem is, I've said it every podcast, I'll say it again. It's liberty. And it's not the end of the world. As far as I'm concerned, I'm 50-50 on whether we're on the cusp of of the end times. I'm 50-50. At this point, I have to admit I'd flip a coin. But that's still not anywhere near certainty. I do think we're in what I call the great discontinuity in 2019. I do think we're at the beginning of it. And it probably is going to get crazier from here. That doesn't mean bad. You know, in the great discontinuity, good things can happen. You know, it's just that there are likelihoods. And it is kind of like a finite state machine or a Markov model. And, you know, in that sense, things are both connected and not connected, you know. Um... Like a Markov model looks connected. But the reality is if you're calculating likelihoods, the probability of an event is just the product rule because you're essentially following a simple path. And the probability of some event is only based upon the current state. You know, it, it, there are much more complicated Bayesian type models for to statistical predictive probability. I don't want to go down that road. But anyways... Um, I've had some weird podcasts. This injury has made me think. I, I had a thought a week or so after it happened that maybe God was slapping me in the face. Um, I don't know. I, you know, I haven't given up, but I've had some days where I kind of sh shook my head. And as far as my duties as a Christian goes, I haven't really lived up to all to all those things I should have been doing the last year. And I think we all should be doing and I haven't lived up to it. So there I kind of think, okay, maybe the Lord, by having me do the slip and fall a month ago and breaking my fucking arm, maybe the Lord's like, you know, Dan, you need to be taught a lesson. I've been trying to trick you. I've been sending you signals. You've had weird stuff happen, but you're not listening. You know. But I am listening. I am trying to hear the voice. I'm trying to maybe perhaps become a bit more serious, maybe a bit more pious in some ways, but to be more serious. But I got to say, since the injury, my podcasts have been a little bit different because of this. Because I am overwhelmed, just as like most people are probably overwhelmed with all the bad data. And what you're left with, if you plug into any of it really, it's not just a bad taste in your mouth. What you're left with is this impossible to resolve problem. And that's purposeful. They don't want you to see a way through it. They just want you flooded. One of the things I called it back in 2021, I think, was carpet bombing the third eye. Yeah. 
What do I mean by that carpet bombing the third eye? Well, one of the purposes of the kinds of military psychological warfare they've been practicing and the trauma-based mind control, if you ask me, isn't simply to keep people angry and confused and immobilized and, you know, ordering stuff off Amazon or DoorDash. Yeah. But beyond that, they wanted to break down everybody's natural ability to intuit, to, to access their intuitive brain, and to make reliable guesses about the future and about what's going on, even though it might be, as they say in the world of quantum mechanics, spooky action at a distance. I think they've been carpet bombing the third eye. I think people have had a sense or intuition that there was something coming, but what they've been feeding you with the COVID and the reset and the race war and all oh, just the litany of what I've called trauma monkeys, what they've fed you is a lot of garbage. And in that sense, they've disabled your intuitive ability and your third eye and your, your, your just natural discernment that you have as a gift from God to sort of have interesting thoughts about things that are not located next to you, either in terms of time or space. I'm not necessarily describing ESP, but to be honest with you, it's one of those things where I say, if the result is the same, what's the difference? I do think the unconscious or subconscious mind is powerful. And there are things going on that we don't always immediately understand. And they are more properly understood as symbolic and emotional. And they don't necessarily fit neatly into a problem in calculus. And one of the things that this PSYOP stuff has been doing is impacting that ability, is what I'm saying. You have that ability. You would probably have a, a way of discerning the truth from what's going on and getting to the truth. But what they've been doing is disabling it and disabling it with garbage. You know? So there you go. There's my rambling so far, very rambling podcast. Um, I'm here. I'm trying to... Trying to have faith that I will heal and have faith that the Holy Spirit will help guide me and that Jesus Christ will be the light and that Jesus Christ will be the source of the healing. That's my hope. Um, so far, I think Jesus has been looking out for me as I think he does all of us. And it's not the end of the world. Do I think we've entered a period of crazy? Yeah. Do I think crazy stuff that's going to be scary is going to happen? Yes. Do I think there's potential for some really cool stuff to happen too? Yes. And if this is the end times, I don't think it is really yet. I'm not certain of any of that. But if it were the end times, then as a Christian, you should be joyous because it means that Christ is soon to return. And he will judge. And, and, and folks, I have faith that he forgives, but I don't always have faith in myself. So when I, you know, I know that Christ does, I just don't in myself. And um, so I don't always know if I'm going to make it. You know, sometimes I feel... Perhaps I'll just end up in the tribulation, wandering about, trying to help myself, 
and help others. Because that's part of what's going to go on in the tribulation. It isn't just going to be evil wins. There's going to be a battle. There are going to be people that are here that are not going to be saved. I do believe in the rapture. And they're not going to be immediately raptured um, with the saints up to heaven. But they'll be here on earth. And they they have a chance to be saved too, actually. It's just not going to happen easily. And it's going to involve a struggle. So you have people who will still be saved during tribulation and end times. You do. There are still people who will be able to turn to Christ. It will be scary. They will be persecuted. They will be lied to. Whatever churches they have will be falsified. Does it sound like I'm describing what started in 2020? So it could be the end times, but it's not the end of the world. And, And I think the joyous thing to do in the face of the times you're in is to try to take advantage of the life the Lord gave you. You know, be good, be kind, be gracious, live free, and try to be happy. I I can't tell you that I have a solution to that problem. I'm pissed off because the snow or whatever it is, is so deep around here and the ice is so bad. And I'm still a bit traumatized by what happened because frankly, having my left arm dangle there was a bit traumatizing. I'm still kind of like, I, I, I walk up to the door thinking, do I want to walk to the grocery store? Because that's how it happened. I was walking to the grocery store a Monday night, December the 19th, 2022, Bo Blimptock, and, and I had to get potato chips, you know. I had to get some fucking Lay's wavy potato chips, but it was three degrees outside, and the ice was exceptionally slick. And... It really did happen the perfect way at the perfect spot. Like my left arm basically hit the curb and that little metal like plate they have around the curbs too. So it hit a cornered surface pretty hard and I slipped perfectly. It was it was almost an ideal situation um, in the sense that it was unlikely to happen. It didn't seem like it would repeat. Like I could see myself slipping and falling and getting a bruise, but I, I can't see something like that happening twice. And yet today, I get my shoes on, and I put my jacket on, and I walk up to the door, and I say, I'm going to try with my sling here and my one arm jack to try to walk to the grocery store. And uh, I couldn't do it. And the, and the snow is still deep, and the ice is still ice, and it was very cold. And yeah, do I think I have a little bit of trauma from what happened? Well, like I said, I I was on that sidewalk asking for help. And then about five minutes in, I kind of stayed silent for about five minutes. And then I got up off the sidewalk and I walked home. It wasn't a big, long walk, but it was my left arm just kind of dangling there. I mean, it's, it's unnerving to have that. You know, it's not healed completely yet. But it's so much nicer to have that titanium, hopefully, probably iron or probably actually recycled. People on Medicaid, you don't get the good stuff. They take the metal out of the corpses. They take the plates out of the corpses. They take the screws. Yeah, they take the screws and the plates out of the corpses, and that's what you get on Medicaid. No, I don't know. I I find that to be unlikely, too, but... It's just fucked up. I wish I could pay. I can't. I, I know I seem obsessed over that, but 
philosophically, it troubles me that I'm in this situation. And, you know, in a heroic sense, I could have made a different choice, but it would have been probably more brutal and yeah, more difficult. I, I just don't know, folks. I wish I had easy answers. You'd say, well, Dan, you could have saved up for a rainy day. And I, I'd tell you, on the Death Star, it's not that easy. Um, you know, some people are very effective at what they did to save for catastrophes and have the health insurance, and that's great. But if you're an anarchist and you want to live outside the, the core economy, some of these things are just not that easy to put together. I don't know how to put it, you know. But yeah, you'd have a point. Maybe I could have saved a bunch of money and I could have done that. I just don't want to tell you. There's a lot of coulda, woulda, shouldas in the whole thing. And I don't want to spend all day on it. You know. I, I really don't want to dwell or, or even pretend. It's just, yeah, I probably still do have some trauma from it. I mean, it's not like combat. You know, I've never been in combat. I was in the military, but I was never in a war. The closest I ever got to people that want to kill me, I suppose, was, was a year and a few months in Korea. Um, but I, I never was really too worried about that. It was just a thing that hung over your head. It was a constant background radiation of bullshit. Did North Koreans go south of the DMZ periodically? Yes. Did they periodically launch rockets and artillery, you know, symbolically? Yes. You know, the war never technically ended, so whatever. But I've never been in combat. And, and you know, whatever childhood trauma I have, if I do, I think it's mostly psychological type stuff, but it is what it is. But in terms of physical trauma, this is probably the worst thing that ever happened to me. Um, and so I, I don't know that it's that crazy that looking out the door, I'm, I'm not really feeling too good looking out that door and walking to the grocery store, you know, to get my potato chips. So my left arm isn't there yet, but I am trying to give it a chance, and it is what it is. You know, there's been a lot of news, or, or I should say there's been a lot of stuff around food, specifically around fake food, like Subway, they got that tuna sandwich, that, you know, that, what is it, $5 foot long, but it turns out that there's been studies done that show that perhaps... The one thing that's not in the Subway tuna sandwich is, you know, tuna. Yeah. The one thing that might not be, you know, actually in the tuna sandwich is tuna. And then there's this Starkist, you know, Starkist tuna is advertising salmon and these veggie bowls and all these things that are not tuna. Chicken, you know, they're advertising their chicken, but not so much pushing the tuna. And it makes you wonder, you know, what's going on there? Who knows? Um, 
And I was watching this commercial for a local fast food Mexican chain. Um, I think Del Taco or something. And they had a commercial that, that, where they said, our burrito contains real chicken. And I thought, holy shit, what is that? What is real chicken? So Del Taco is saying we have real chicken. And I was thinking on this, you know, what does that mean? Because I would expect if you're advertising chicken, you know, or tuna or beef, that I would hope some percentage, arguably a high percentage, over 60%, should be, you know, chicken, beef, or whatever fish, you know, it should be. But then I've had Chicken McNuggets. And here's the deal. Whatever is in a Chicken McNugget, it's obviously pulverized and turned into a powder and it's injection molded, which means that those aren't like flaky chunks of chicken meat with some type of stuff, you know, crust around them. No. If that's chicken, that's all the parts of the chicken fully bleached and ground to a kind of powder and then, you know emulsified into a material substance, which is then injection molded and then, you know, partially cooked. And then they put that covering on the outside and then, yeah, on the outside, they cook it and they put the covering on it or, you know, basically. And then you got your chicken McNugget. And it maybe that sounds really appetizing to you. It's, it's definitely industrial, you know. So Del Taco says they have real chicken, you know? It's like these commercials for, um, gosh, what's that other fast food chain? The one that, you know, eat fresh? Anyways, not, no, that's Subway. But the point is, there's this fast food chain that's been really pushing how fresh their food is. Like, you come here, and you know if you come here, it's gonna be really, really fresh. And it's like, you know... But isn't that what you should expect? I mean, what is real chicken? And then the question comes to mind, what is the fake chicken? Like, what if there's, what if what's in a Chicken McNugget isn't even fucking chicken? What is, what if it's like the rudimentary protein structures left over from the rendering processes of pork and, you know, beef and chicken, but it's all mixed together. And like I said, it's rendered and bleached and it's pulverized and it's injection molded. And then it's given this kind of like thin outer Potemkin crusty layer to make it tasty and it is tasty I won't lie to you if they cook them correctly which man the, the McDonald's nearby is in pretty bad shape their lobby is not open all the time which means they violate the covenants we should report them but I don't give a fuck um, their lobby should be open during the standard hours and it's not it's not it shouldn't have to be open all the time but since the pandemic of the monkey herpes, they've gone to some weird hours as far as the lobby goes. I don't know. They're all, I think they're back to normal now, maybe. 
but they don't always cook stuff right and it, it comes out crappy and it makes you kind of angry at yourself you're not angry at mcdonald's you, you shouldn't expect much from a fast food company at this point i mean there might have been a golden age and certainly there are exceptions like dicks in seattle but for the most part it's all kind of gone to shit like kid valley was a seattle kind of you know staple of fast food for a long time and it had a rep reputation for quality and it kind of went downhill you know I mean, I don't even know if they're still in business. It's it's a question mark. So I don't know what real chicken is. I mean, I've thought about it, what, what might be real chicken. I've seen a lot of weird drug commercials. I know I've, I've looked at my Twitter feed as long as it currently exists. I currently have one, but on it, you know, at Dr. Freckles Forever, that's spelled for EVA. Um, DR Freckles, right? But anywho, a lot of people have been talking about this overload of commercials. You know, these commercials telling people... Um, selling drugs and stuff. And a lot of these have been for basically autoimmune disorders. And some people are going to come back and say, well, Dan, you see the monkey herpes was real. It was the COVID. Like I said, folks, you know, one of the reasons why I dismissed biological warfare in my podcast, The Great Discontinuity, and that was from late 2019, is because I thought they would use actual biological warfare. But I never really thought that they would do a fake pandemic, which is essentially what they did. And, you know, in part because I just simply, my, I had higher expectations of people. Like, I didn't think people would be that fucking stupid. Like, I, I thought people could be manipulated post 9-11. I should have known, I should have known better, but I didn't think people would be tricked as badly with, with Simon Says gone this much awry. And so I was kind of caught off guard at the fake pandemic. That that was, and, in, and you know, in many ways it was worse. It was worse because they could control it. And it was worse because it was still going to kill people. It was still going to lead to suicides in terms of increased suicides. It was still going to lead to businesses being destroyed, increases in domestic abuse. It was still going to lead to pain and suffering and people not treating their cancer and heart disease and overdoses and everything else. And add into it, probably they did murder some people, you know, just like on 9-11. They probably did poison some old people in one or two residential facilities. I don't hold that past them because they do as bad or worse, you know, out in the light of day. You know, they've done it. Americans know they do it and, and people just don't give a fuck. It's like the Federal Reserve. People know that they're printing money. People just don't fucking care. They don't really care. They don't care that it's a crooked institution. What they want is for the value of their home to go up. They want to retire on the value of their home someplace where they can afford to 
buy a place and have the excess capital for use like long-term income or whatever. They want to be able to retire on their home. And, you know, they don't really care how the Federal Reserve gets it done. They don't care. But there's been a lot of these commercials for autoimmune drugs. And it, listen, one interpretation would be Dan, they really did release a virus, or it's the vaccine. Here's my, I'm going to throw you a, a, I'm going to throw you my angle. If they really are geoengineering, as Dane Wigginton suspects, and I think I suspect as well, then there's a lot of toxic shit that people are being exposed to. And at a nano scale, at a very, very small scale. So it's going right to the core behaviors of your immune system and triggering it and putting it into weird states. And that would explain a lot of these autoimmune drugs. It would explain a lot. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of what's going on today, um, Alzheimer's and autism being examples, that very well could be due to toxic exposure. You know, so I just don't know, folks. Anyways, next topic. I don't know. Are you drinking monkey juice? I just have weird notes. There's nine racial armies. There's hundreds of racial armies. People are getting way too obsessed over racialism. It's one of those depressing things. I don't know how else to put it. Um, I have a podcast where I basically say I'm the most racist person in the world. Here's why. I'm the most racist. I'm the most sexist. I am the most homophobic. Because any answer I give, I'm going to get a D minus. Um... If I say I'm not racist, they're going to find something I've said in the past and say, oh, look what you said, Dan. That was racist. No, that's me being drunk. Oh, but you were ignorant and stupid. Yeah, when people get drunk, they get ignorant and stupid. But didn't you say this while you're drinking coffee? Yeah, people just are stupid sometimes even when they're not drunk. If someone says, Dan, are you racist? I will say, no, I'm, I'm not just racist. I'm probably one of the most racist people in history. Uh, way more racist than Hitler. Hitler knew he was racist. I don't even know how racist I am. So I am arguably the most racist. And that just doesn't leave them anywhere to go. Okay, they can't go to, oh, you're really racist. No, I already admitted that. Next. And say, but don't you feel guilty? Guilty over what? Well, don't you hate black people? No, that would be stupid. You see, if they get specific and say, well, don't you hate Jewish people and Mexicans and Chinese people and black people and say, no, I don't. I, Firstly, I have a hard time hating anyone unless I know them personally. So whatever the color of your skin is or wherever you're from, you're going to get an opportunity to either you know, be trustworthy or to disappoint me. These are, there are very few options. There's, there's a few other options, but that's a pretty much a good description of the basic stuff. You can disappoint me, you can build trust, you can amaze me, but it's probably got zero to do with the color of your skin. Um, and, and are economic circumstances so different that they're impactful? Well, yeah, you could argue that. I mean, I, I know that People who grow up poor in poor neighborhoods have a hard time. It's just the reality of being poor and being around probably more crime. 
And growing up, maybe it's hard to make school a priority. And, and if you see your friends making money, breaking the law, it makes more sense. It's simply more rational to go out there on that street and break the law and make money the way that the system lets you make money. But that's not really about race. It's not about race. It's not about ethnicity. And so saying all this, you already know I'm way more racist than a lot of people out there. And, and it applies to the homophobia too. Am I homophobic? No. Do I hate people who are, you know, homosexual? No. Like I said, I got to get to know you. I don't care about these superficial characteristics. I care about you. And if you turn out to be a giant douchebag, I don't give a fuck what your background is. I don't. I don't expect you to cut me any fucking slack, and I'll let you on a little secret. I'm not going to cut you any fucking slack either. I don't care. And because I don't care about the color of your skin, or your economic circumstance, or your gender, or any of the other nonsense that people are being obsessed over right now, frankly, or being mind-controlled over, I just don't care because it doesn't have really much to do with whether or not I'm going to care about you, trust you, or whether you're going to disappoint me. Some of the biggest disappointments in my whole life and people that I arguably might have felt hate at maybe at points in my life, but huge disappointments. They weren't African Americans. They weren't Chinese people. They weren't Mexicans. They were good, fine white people living their good, fine white lives in a nice white neighborhood. Um, and it wasn't because of the color of their skin. It wasn't because of their race or their genders. They were just in a situation where they believed kind of some heinous shit and they professed it and they seemed cruel to me and they seemed like bad people to me. But even then, it was more of disappointment than hate, I think. But that's why I'm so racist. And that's why if you ask me, Dan, how racist are you? I'm most racist. And, and they say more racist than Hitler. Oh my God, totes more. And it's like, imagine what I would do if I could actually come up with a shitbag. If I, come up, if I could build a device that told me either you were a demon or just a total shitbird, what would I end up doing? Would I march people through the system and test them if it if it was foolproof that doesn't exist but imagine it did the foolproof shithead detector you know but still that would be a horrible dystopia because nothing's foolproof anywho it sounds like minority report you know we have a shithead detector it's a bunch of people in a pool floating around in an isolation tank they, they tell you whether you're going to be a shithead. Yeah. I don't know. Hepatitis Z. I don't want to talk about diseases, really, because I've given them too much time. We all have. Um, there was this commercial for this food delivery, and there's been a lot of these food delivery commercials, and it makes me wonder, because frankly... I kind of think, as I've said in my podcast, that the outer edge of whatever thing we're in, as far as the psyops go, I think is the return to the moon. Like, I just, I think they're basically telling us when this phase of the game ends. And, and so it's probably next year, in 2024. That being said, um, <laughs> yeah, 
I've been seeing these commercials for food delivery and it's there's this one and this gentleman is saying we're so busy in our household we're always so busy so so we get this food delivered with a recipe on it and tells us how to cook it so basically you don't have to go to the grocery store and in a lot of cases the food comes partially prepped like if it needs to be cubed or diced or sliced it probably comes that way maybe probably i don't know But the thing is, they, they, it begs the question, you know, why are we so busy and why is that something that we've just accepted? Like, why is it time for your own kids to be a parent is such a low priority? And I don't want to get into the whole conservative, Christian, Republican, Democrat dynamic. I think that's mostly bullshit. I, I kind of think that the way that our society has been managed, especially since the Federal Reserve, is to manage it for debt. And the problem with debt is it can grow, I mean, speed of light is fast. <laughs> speed of sound is fast, speed of light is faster, but the speed of debt dwarfs all of it. I mean, debt can go to zero to, you know, billion light speed in a month or two. Debt is bad. And we've been trying to match the impulse of debt creation in a world that, you know, this isn't Eden, and and it's not designed to simply give us everything the debt would measure. The debt measures too much. Um, we're busy. We're so busy on the margins because that's where we're at in the game. I mean, and, and the good news is it is the late stage thing. We're in the late stages of this corrupt system. I don't think it has much of a future. That doesn't mean it's not dangerous. You could argue that in the final stages of a system like this, it's never more dangerous. I don't think they have the resources to do most of the things they threaten, but I do think they're doing a lot of threatening and a lot of scare talk. Oh, we're gonna take away your gun rights and we're gonna do this and we're gonna do that and we're gonna force you to have a vaccine or whatever. This is a lot of late stage nonsense. They may try some of it and it could get really scary for some people, I'm kind of hoping, enough Americans come together that we can we can push against that. I mean, you know, I've, I've said in the past that we could end up in what's called a soft civil war. Um, a good example of a cause of a soft civil war would be the nationalization of oil. I'm telling you, you know, if this game lasts much longer, and I don't think it's going to, but if it does, they're gonna threaten the nationalization of oil. And it could be simply the indirect way they do things which is to use the Federal Reserve to leverage up some banks and to buy pretty much the oil in the country and then turn it into a giant cartel connected to the Fed. I mean, it sounds bizarre, but that's what our system would do at the end if there was enough time. I personally, like I said, I think they're telling us they think it's over in 2024. If they're telling you they're finally going to the moon again after more than half a century, then probably they're admitting that, yeah, the game's over. It's over. And that doesn't mean the end of the world, but it probably does imply that whatever fuzzy event is on the event horizon, it's very near. It's within the next year. I am hoping it's just the collapse of the U.S. dollar, but who knows? You know, people are busy. They're busy, busy, busy. And... I've said this in the past too. 
and I think it bears repeating. There are things that society and the media and your friends even, because they've been so inculcated with it, they've been so, you know, programmed by it. There are things people will tell you that are priceless or worth a lot that in the future, the near future, are going to be worthless. And there are things today they'll tell you are worthless that in the very near future are going to be worth their weight in gold and in some cases priceless. You know, for much of my adult life, they told me family's crap. Mom and dad is crap. Kids are just, you know, little kids. You send them to public school. But parents and family is bullshit. And listen, I'm not talking about some neoconservative return to whatever never happened. But there was a family life that existed for a lot of people on the menu before they were so busy that they had to order their food partially prepared. Um, there was a family existence that, that was there. And they did what they could to attack it and destroy it. Um, I don't know. I saw this weird commercial for this chime and it has this dude saying, I, I didn't want to get credit cards because I thought they were kind of scary and I didn't understand them. And so it's like, if you understood what a credit card was, that commercial would be, and that's why you should never get a fucking credit card. But instead, it became like, okay, they're streamlining in people who are so skeptical of the banking system. We'll call it Chime. We'll help you save a penny before you take a penny. But there's still a credit card. You know, they're still going to get you into that world. And it's sort of like, yeah, I don't know. Again, it's hard to say what's going on. It's it's hard to say what's going to happen next. That's the great discontinuity also when you think about it. Like, could we have World War III? It certainly seems like the narrative, the, the current psyop of the Ukraine, is painting an option of World War III. It's not building that quickly towards it. And in the latter stages of the Cold War, you know, conventional World War III was referred to as, as the come-as-you-are war because... You simply don't produce fighters and tanks and bombers or the missiles as quickly today as we reproduce those same types of weapons during World War II. And you can make the argument, well, Dan, you know, an F-15 is worth a thousand World War II fighters. I don't know that that's true. But our industrial base was churning out 10,000, 20,000, 50,000 fighters and bombers every month during World War II. That might be an exaggeration, but... There were some big numbers, and um, we can't really do that. These weapons are so high-tech, um, it's almost like craft work from the Middle Ages, and we simply can't mass-produce them. We can produce them at a certain rate, and they're dependent upon a lot of rare earths and a lot of high-tech, and frankly, they're kind of vulnerable. So during the latter parts of the Cold War, the general presumption was you would have a conventional part of that war lasting at most six months. It wouldn't probably last a year. It would be three to six months. And then you're basically not able to replace the weapons you're using. Now, if you look at the Ukraine conflict so far, we've seen little glimpses of that. But frankly, it, it looks so rinky-dink. It really does. I mean, it kind of just makes me wonder how much any of that could possibly be real. And I, I'm okay if you want to say, well, Dan, that sounds paranoid. You know what, buddy? <sighs> Paranoia 
is almost the proper state of mind since 2020. You know, you should be a little bit skeptical. Whatever you think you believe or think you know, it's worthwhile being a little bit skeptical and to at least be a bit of a, what I've called a Sovietologist. And in the very least, try to find the outright lies and contradictions. You may never find the truth, but you can cross out the things that are obviously false or contradictory. You can do that. Um, I don't know. Next topic, right? Take some work, Dan. Next topic. Auto driving trucks. I don't want, I don't really want to talk about that. I just the whole automated driving thing seems like a a lark. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's meant to be taken seriously. I do think it's one of those kinds of propaganda that just keeps people motivated about the future. It's a lot like flying cars. I I don't think that's where we're headed. It doesn't mean like everything's going to be crap, but I do think the way out of the, you know, the best case scenario, which is a coming economic dark age, the best way out of it's going to be freedom. So communities that can embrace liberty are going to do way better than cities or city states, whatever's left of the United States at that point. They're going to do way better than those places that are basically another kind of just absolute tyranny. Um, yeah, it might only be a city's worth of people, but they'll be living in a kind of hell. And so, yeah. Um, liberty will, will be more successful in that scenario. I have a reference to that show Willow coming back, and it's like, I don't know if I should make fun of the fantasy people. I like H.P. Lovecraft, and he's kind of more fantasy than sci-fi horror, but he's definitely both. But, um... A lot of this fantasy stuff just, you know, I just shake my head. And it's becoming so politically correct. Like, it's so obvious they're pushing certain agendas. Like, I was watching this one show, I think, called The Wheels of Time. And it's, it's obviously a gender reversal type thing. So it's like, okay, the Jedi are all women. And they have all the superpowers because men cannot be trusted. And they're dirty. And the way that maybe men would say women are dirty, I don't know. Um... But even the Tolkien stuff, I never really got into it. It's just something that wasn't part of that, you know, part of what I was into. I mean, it may sound weird given some of my podcasts, but no, I think the closest I've come to appreciating that world is Lovecraft's sort of sci-fi fantasy type horror. But it's more sci-fi than fantasy. I guess it's equally both. Whatever. Next topic. Next topic, something about Mexican-style Thai-German-Hawaiian pizza, and that just sounds like it's going to be racist, so let's leave that aside. 
I have a reference to an idea for a reality TV show called Teaching Your Kids to Hate. Like, basically, you take ordinary kids who probably just ordinary kids are not really into just randomly hating people because of the color of their skin, but you put them in situations where they're being taught to hate and seeing which teams are more successful. And, you know, but when I look at that note, I think that's horrible. It's all kind of horrible at the end. Like, can you imagine the Roman Empire in in the basically in like the third, fourth and fifth century, the last 300 years and especially the last hundred years, it must have been just a chaos of the worst features of, of humanity. It must have been terrible. It must have been horrible. And it's not surprising that from that morass of iniquity and hate and murder came the Catholic Church. <laughs> oh my God, he hates Catholics. I don't hate Catholics. But I don't like the papacy. I don't like the papacy. And there is there are some very Roman features to the way that the papacy works. So yeah, I don't hate Catholics, but I'm not a fan of the papacy anyways. But I don't think we should have a TV show seeing which parents could teach kids to hate more. It's like, I don't know. That's kind of just, anyways. I have this reference about an ICD-9 code for conversion disorder. I remember I was working about a decade ago at a hospital, and this one particular you know, HL7 message comes up and it's got this ICD-9 code, but the note says werewolf. And and the specific code was really for conversion disorder, which is a real psychiatric disorder where people convert. It's not really, um, it, it's sort of similar to multiple personality or dissociative disorders or whatever. It's just like people who say I'm a vampire or I'm a werewolf and then it just goes too far. And maybe it is really some pathological deep condition. Or maybe it's just people convincing themselves they're werewolves and fucking panthers and fucking cat people and vampires. Or Frankenstein. You know. I don't know. I'm going to look over the Zero Hedge articles real quick because we're just about out of time and that's good because it's getting it's getting hinky down here but i'm gonna try to do this i'm just gonna go over them i'm not gonna read anything but we're gonna look at the latest from zero hedge and this is again saturday january the 21st 2023 and here's the articles on the front page elizabeth holmes tried to flee country after conviction prosecutors say she continues to show no remorse while living on a $13,000 a month estate. Somebody named Hartnett has a quote, three heretical thoughts and the biggest contrarian trade of 2023. Anyone who made money last year has zero risk on right now. That's what this Hartnett guy says, but you have to have a premium account and then you can get rich man advice to take over the market, to be Warren Buffett, to, to chase the trade, to have your hooker, to have your cocaine. <laughs> yeah. Judge grants restraining order against Illinois assault weapon ban. Yeah, that's just more noise. If you're getting suckered into the gun control thing, uh, why do you shop at Cabela's? Why do you shop? Why don't you do private sale 
um, maybe gun shows that are still private sale, or just go ahead and do black market. Why go to fucking Cabela's at this point? If you're one of those folks who are so stressed out about the government and guns, then you shouldn't be buying any of your guns at Cabela's. Buy your ammo there if you trust them. Buy it at Walmart if they still sell it. I used to buy my 9mm at Walmart. They had pretty good deals for 9mm. I used, you know, I used to buy my my 762 by 39 at places that had good deals, but whatever, okay? Uh, next headline from Zero Hedge. Democrats propose constitutional amendment to overturn First Amendment. Oh my God, this is a this is more noise. Can they control the internet? Yes. Guess who created the internet? The United States government. It started out as DARPAnet. It was part of the Cold War. Frankly, most of the computer age is a result of government military spending during the Cold War. It was always designed to fuck with you. When the, when the CPUs became powerful enough, they put the, the, the equivalent of a battleship on your CPU. And there is, it doesn't matter what fucking operating system you run. It doesn't matter what your BIOS is. It is integrated into the CPU at such a level that you're simply being fucked with. All this shit about First Amendment when it comes to the internet, listen, they can already throw a switch. I have been through it. I've dealt with it. It's a thing. They can already silence you. They can take your websites. I've had my website stolen by GoDaddy. No civil liberties attorney reached out to me. The point is, they can already do this stuff on the internet. But are they really going to be able to go around and enforce this stuff to people if you're just sitting across from people at a table? And that's another reason why the COVID PSYOP was so smart. Because a big part of it was keeping people separated. So the only way they could talk to each other is on the internet. I'm going to go next topic. This stuff's stupid. These will be the world's next mega cities. Once again, from Zero Hedge, um, 5 p.m. January the 21st, 2023, Bob Limtok. These will be the world's mega cities by 2050. 70% of the world's population will live in cities up from 50. Yeah, I, I have a different prediction. <laughs> cities are going to have a hard time in the, in the coming decades, buddy. Next headline Newsome Twosome. Siebel Newsom's films shown in middle schools feature porn, radical gender ideologies, and her husband, Gavin. How Jennifer Siebel Newsom used taxpayer dollars to trade with herself, her nonprofit organization, and her for-profit business. Oh my God, Jennifer Siebel Newsom. California is a disaster, but then so is everywhere else. Next headline, Ron Klain, White House departure reported one day after scapegoat found for slow walking classified documents, blah, blah. More trauma, drama. None of this is going to help you. None of it gets resolved. Biden versus Trump, bullshit, document controversies, more trauma, drama. None of it gets resolved. India overtakes China as world's most populous nation. Whatever. How can we restore freedom and sound money in the U.S. and U.K.? Here's some ideas. Here's a headline. They are horribly wrong. The rest of the world is moving beyond dollar. I think the dollar is going to collapse. It's the question is, is really, is it, that, is it only that bad? Headline from Zero Hedge. Go woke, get broke. Vox fires 7% of staff. <laughs> you know, all, it's funny about all these these headlines about layoffs right now. It's very calculated. 
If they really wanted to hide the recession, they'd be doing it. It's another thing along with the moon, the return to the moon. It leads me to believe that whatever fuzzy event they've been managing, they expect it, they expect it to hit either this year or next year. And I just don't know what it is. I'm kind of hoping it's just dollar collapse, but folks, you know what? Um, and even if they're planning for something worse, it doesn't mean they're right. It doesn't mean they're correct. It doesn't mean, it also doesn't mean that the way they do things is right. Um, the best way to deal with adversity is honesty. And if there was a real horrible thing coming, the best way to survive it is with freedom. So yeah, the, I don't know. But I do feel like they're telling us in a way that it, the game's almost over. So anyways, Davos 2023, whistling past a great reset's graveyard. Well, the reset's a psyop, so whatever. Another headline, U.S. designates Wagner Group, transnational criminal organization, cites ties with North Korea, ties with North Korea, ties with North Korea. The Wagner Group is bad. They're transnational, but that's the key word. You know, trans, they're trans. Kirby estimates 50,000 Wagner mercenaries are fighting the Ukraine. And you know what? These Wagner mercenaries, they listen to Wagner. They listen to Wagner as they're doing their thing. So they got, you know, Flight of the Valkyries on. Like from Apocalypse Now, they got it playing. It's really from the ring. And they're playing in the background. The Wagner people fight and kill listening to, listening to Wagner's music. Every time you bury a Wagner mercenary, you, you play in the background Votan's Farewell. Yeah. Cash Patel, I have no faith in special counsel probe of Biden documents. Well, okay. How they handled Russiagate, yeah, whatever. UAE de-dollarization accelerates, you know. This looks like a smokescreen article because, again, it has a quote, crypto will play a major role. Crypto isn't what people think it is. So I, I think some of this is true and some of this is false. Is, is the dollar in a state of collapse? So listen, folks, if you want to say, but look at how strong it is, that is not the metric you want to use. Number one, it can be gamed. And number two, it is 100% based on the fact that we have threatened people, threatened other governments, if they sell oil in any other currency but the dollar, they're fucked. So that is beginning to disappear. And with that, the value of the dollar is going to go too. And if you want to know, could the collapse of the dollar be catastrophic? Well, I've discussed that. Like I've mentioned the possibility of having troops overseas and we can't afford to bring them home. I mean, a collapse of the dollar could be that bad. It could. Do I think it would live, lead to a civil war? No, I think most of the regions would just be peace would just peacefully separate. I, I don't think the United States would fight some big civil war. I think the federal government might try to force the states into something like that, but they'll all probably say fuck you and say, you know, California, Oregon, Washington State, we we kind of believe each other's bullshit. And Kentucky and Tennessee and parts of Ohio and Indiana, we kind of agree with each other's bullshit. And then North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, they'll form the Florida Man Alliance. And Florida Man will not be destroyed. Will not be destroyed. Yeah. 
So the thing to understand is dollar collapse does not equal the end of the world. But would it be bad? It would be worse than any economic catastrophe that any living human being could remember. Way worse than the Great Depression, and it would probably take decades to resolve itself. Um, now, it could resolve faster if governments embrace freedom. But I just, to be honest with you, I don't see that happening. I think they'll do the same crooked shit right to the bitter end. The only thing you have to look forward to is that these systems that they embrace are going to collapse. And then whether you like it or not, or anyone likes it or not, in that space, there will be liberty. Yeah. Not the weather, another headline from Zero Hedge, not the weather, what's behind California's skyrocketing natural gas bills? Expect shockingly high, God, just scaring people. Navy SEAL went AWOL, killed while fighting Russians in Bakhmut. You know, I don't think the Ukraine war is real, but these stories are just interesting. It's, it kind of reminds me of that, move, that movie, um, Wag the Dog, you know, and, and that shoe, the soldier, the made up soldier named Shoe. This is the kind of thing that kind of seems like that. Like, you know, he was just that old shoe you had, you know. Oh, man. There was a lot of freaking, you know, truth in that film. And in, in, in that, you know, in that creative work, Wag the Dog. This is like old shoe. Next headline from Zero Hedge. Open madness in global bond markets. Got gold. Powell promises a soft land, softish landing is about as bankable as his promise of transitory inflation. Yeah, there's going to be no soft landing. I mean, people are beginning to telegraph that too because people are beginning to recognize that the lesser catastrophes they've been negotiating with psychologically are just not plausible. Um, and there's a lot of denial and a lot of anger and a lot of bargaining. But there is a lot of bargaining, and the bargaining's beginning to just not work. Um, there's not going to be a soft landing. It's, it's, it, in my view, because of what they're doing, because of what they've done from a monetary perspective, I think it could happen shockingly fast. It's hard to say when it starts. If what we're facing is worse than dollar collapse, then Powell's job is to keep the show going until the bitter end, period. So let's say the government of the United States and several other nations figured out that there was going to be a swarm caldera eruption, multiple calderas. And a caldera, if you don't know, is a supervolcano. And if one of those things goes off, it could kick you into a little ice age. If several went off, it could be a really big ice age. Well, what if they figured out, you know, 50 years ago that it was going to happen and they figured out a window of time? then yeah, in that case, Powell's job is just to keep the show going until the bitter end. And if it was going to be something discreet like nuclear war, I think we would have all gone to sleep in October or November of 2019 and we would have never woken up. It's why I'm skeptical of the World War III nuclear war scenario. It's not to say it couldn't happen. It could happen. And if it were the end times, there's certainly prophecy it could fit into. But I just don't know that it's anything more than a fear campaign. Um, and here's the other thing about fear campaigns. They have a half-life. People get sick and they start dying or they just ignore it. And we're at the point in the fear campaign, year three, you know, because COVID isn't really gone yet and none of the other trauma monkeys are gone yet. They're just semi-dormant. 
And then we have this Ukraine war bullshit, you know. There's not going to be a soft landing. Sorry. Whatever landing you're expecting, if you think it's going to be remotely soft, you are just, you're being misled. And the last headline on the front page for me is Target Civilization. Oh, actually, no, there's one before it. Bitcoin surges above 23,000. Folks, if you want to play the Bitcoin game, that is up to you. Do I think it is a wise use of resources in January 2023? No. You would be way better off raising chickens, probably, and doing a few other things at home, learning to brew beer, and then getting the stuff for beer. Because if, if there's a beer shortage, you will be amazed by how many customers you're going to have. Yeah. There are many things I would recommend if you're an optimist and it wouldn't and it wouldn't be bitcoin. Bitcoin isn't going to survive dollar collapse. And if you ask me, it was one of these schemes they developed to control inflation in part or at least consumer inflation. They controlled the impact of printing money. They created a kind of furnace or a broken windows machine, whatever you want to call it. And built into it was a little bit of Keynesian stimulus because you had all these folks buying video cards and buying computers to mine Bitcoin. You have people using up electricity for something that frankly, there's no way the value, the real value of Bitcoin will ever match the resources expended. So if you want to go into Bitcoin knowing it's kind of a fucked up casino and that there's a lot of bullshit and a lot of lies and really bad computer science baked into all this, if you want to go into the crypto world and, and day trade it, that's up to you. It, you know, it is right now in the game, in my opinion, where a lot of the things we depend upon to include electricity are going to become unstable. And it might not be permanent, but it is going to happen. And short term, a lot of these things that are highly dependent upon reliable networking and sources of energy they're not going to do well. And this includes, you know, crypto and Bitcoin. I'm just being honest. I'm not a hater. I'm a user. If it becomes functional for me to use crypto, guess what? I'll do a podcast and I'll explain how it was so functional for me to use crypto. But in my life, as it currently exists in rural Utah, it has no value for me. It has no value as an investment and it has no value or utility in my daily life. Do I like the US dollar? Fuck no. Do I like the fact that the Fed prints money? Hell no. But, you know, we are on the Death Star and the choices are finite. You, you do the best you can. I can't possibly recommend anything like crypto as a rational investment. But if you want to day trade it and make a million bucks finding a lesser fool, you know, that's fine. You make money however you want to. And the last article on the front page of Zero Hedge as of January the 21st, 5 p.m., roughly, 
2023 is this target colon civilization. It's probably an essay. I didn't read it yet. There's a mighty revolt afoot in the land today. It's about time. <laughs> Folks, people have been telling me about revolts um, since I went on Twitter the first time with my first account before it was banned in 2012. So for 10 years, I've been hearing these stories of revolts and how the special forces dudes are organizing and militia and yeah, also to include the Oath Keepers. And there have been big promises and a lot of it's just kind of just stupid, manipulative bullshit. Um, and here's the other thing too. If there were people out there, actual operators, people with experience doing shit, they wouldn't be talking about it on social media. They wouldn't be posting. They might do a PSYOP program after they're you know, in an ongoing process, but it isn't going to be run by them. It'll be run by others. The fact is, actual operators will not be using social media to do shit if there was that kind of, of a revolt going on. I think that when it comes to PSYOPs, the United States government has become quite skilled. And if you ask me if their goal in 2019 was to keep people mobilized and incapacitated and angry and frustrated and confused for at least five years, then I think they've mostly succeeded. And I think they figured sometime in 2023, somewhere in the middle of that, they would be in a likelihood zone of whatever was going to happen was going to happen. Um, but do I think that we have some giant peasant uprising? No, because, you know, Netflix will deliver, Facebook will deliver, Amazon will deliver, DoorDash will deliver, people will get their bread and circuses right up till the end, and most people, the, 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 the middle chunk of humanity in America is going to be obedient and slavish, and it's going to be right up to the very end. Sorry. I mean, I wish I could tell you that, you know, it's like Dane Wigington. He really is trying to rally people to make change. But the sad truth is if the government came out and, and admitted they've been geoengineering and then explained why, and it doesn't matter if they're telling the truth. It just matters would they tell the truth about this one thing and then give their perhaps bullshit argument for why they're doing it. A lot of Americans, if they were scared into, well, if we don't do it, your summers are going to be 10 degrees worse and it's going to be horrible. A lot of Americans, I think, would would make the same choice they make when they choose to do DoorDash and get their McDonald's delivered. I think they'd make the same choice when they use Amazon. It's the same choice they make when they leverage themselves into a home that they probably couldn't afford or there's no way to understand if they could afford because they're using that Fannie, Freddie, Fed system of leveraged money. They, they may not think they are, but they are. The, the answer is they're going to go along with it. They're going to say, keep doing it. This is where Dane is wrong, I think. It's sad, and I think he's probably a good man, but I think most Americans would probably say, keep doing it. Um, you, even if you were honest about percentages of people who will get disorders, percentages of autoimmune, percentages of Alzheimer's, percentages of autism, even if even if you describe to them how many more cancers are going to result because of what they're doing, I still think most Americans would say keep doing it.
I think that's where we're at in the game. The way this ends, the way the geoengineering ends, if it's happening, the way the wars end, the way it all ends is when the empire ends. I don't think the empire is going to rectify itself or change itself or become you know, more positive. I don't think the libertarians are going to win and turn it into a smaller crocodile. None of that's going to happen. The way that this evil ends is when it dies. And I frankly think we're very close to that. You know, the very hubris you hear amongst the elite about what they can and can't do. You look at Davos from one angle, you get scared. You look at Davos and the world economic whatever bullshit artists from a different angle, and it makes you want to fucking laugh. They're, they're, they're grasping at straws. They have all these schemes of things they're going to do. But there is very little evidence they have the resources or know-how to make it happen. I mean, they can do small-scale horrible shit, but this idea that they're going to take over a world in an age where doing just about everything is more expensive in that basic energy sense, it's just absurd, folks. It's like the FEMA camp thing. You know, people want to give Alex Jones a lot of credit, fine. But this FEMA camp scare bullshit he did, that was total crap. It, if you want to know where the FEMA camps are, where they're going to be, they're going to be where you probably live. 80% of Americans live in an urban or semi-urban city-type environment. That's where the FEMA camp is. You already live there. All they have to do is add some concertina wire and some 50 cal machine guns, and guess what? You're in the fucking FEMA camp. Anywho, that's the front page of Zero Hedge with my editorializing about headlines. You can have whatever opinion you want to. I should probably close out this podcast now. Before I do, um, I just want to point out, I'm going to drink a little coffee here, that if you want to donate, you can. You don't have to. Um, if you like the show, it can be helpful enough just to recommend it to other people, but you don't have to donate, but if you want to, there's a link to PayPal. I know there are people out there that don't like Peter Thiel. I'm going to tell you something. I don't think there's any honest way to include crypto of doing financial transactions on the Death Star. So if you want to get into some deep debate about, well, I could do this or I could do that, you know, other than sending me gold, which I wouldn't recommend because my mail gets opened, but other than sending me gold in the mail, I can't think of any truly perfectly honest way none of them are that good none of them are that honest uh, paypal works right now and at some point in the future it might not work and at that point i may have to try something different but it isn't going to be because i think it's going to be more ethical it will simply work so for right now if you want to donate it's paypal i i sorry for editorializing but i have i've had some people say they don't like peter thiel i don't like peter listen from what I've heard, he drinks baby's blood or something. I, I have no interest in liking or disliking. I am simply trying to get by on the Death Star, like a lot of people. I'm simply trying to get by in the late stages of this empire, you know, the situation we're in right now. And yeah, it's PayPal. But, but if you don't want to donate, you don't have to. What I would say is don't donate unless you're taking care of your food, your water, your shelter, unless you've provided for yourself enough resources for... Well, no one's going to have enough resources, but try to get yourself six months worth of food. I have about maybe three months right now. Get yourself six months worth of food. Um, try to look out for your dogs and your cats when you're thinking about prepping that way. 
But if you've taken care of all that and the people you love and you still have a little bit of money left over, then please donate if you want to. You don't have to. You're not required to donate more than once. If you do donate, you don't even have to donate at all. But if you want to and you're, and you're able to and you've taken care of the things you need to take care of, feel free to donate. And there's no limit. Like, you know, if you said, I'm a Texas billionaire and I want to give you a million dollars. Well, you can, you know. And if you ask me what I'll do with a million bucks, <laughs> yeah. Um, anywho. I hope you guys have a great rest of your weekend. It is Saturday. I hope that you're trying to find some joy in this life. It's not easy. Um, I, I We can't pretend that there isn't a world out there, you know, but maybe we should try not to just focus on things that even if they're real, may be far beyond our control. Um, there's so much energy in the system. This particular boulder you know that's that's rolling down rolling downhill right now maybe you could stop it but i don't see how we're in a situation where stuff is going to happen because it has to happen and if we focus on well how can i stop it some things you can develop what you know james howard kunstler has called intelligent responses we can we can be rational and intelligent in how we respond to things but there are things that are going to happen just because it's baked into the cake. And the best thing we can do is just, you know, go with the punches. And remember that it's not the end of the world. It might get crazy. It might get scary. It might become the, the most terrifying time of your life. And for many of you, it might become the most amazing time of your life. That's the thing is that history never ended. You know, those guys that predicted the end of history turned out to be what we should have known full of shit. And history is definitely unstuck again. And a lot of things can happen. So it's not as simple as any type of doom and gloom. But we are in, you know, the great discontinuity, which I jokingly call Bo Blimptock. And Bo Blimtock is going to be crazy as fuck, but it doesn't mean it's going to be all hell. It's just that it's going to require some agility, probably. So I hope you're out there figuring out how to have fun. I hope you're thinking about raising chickens to get their eggs. I don't want to advertise for a tulip bubble with eggs, you know, here. But the thing is, you can feed your own family with eggs. You can't really feed them with tulips. I don't think you can eat tulips. Anyways, but you know, hope you hopefully you're out there. You know, if you're a single person, hopefully you're out there dating and finding somebody. If you're a married couple, hopefully you're finding a way to be married. If you're parents and have a family, hopefully you're enjoying yourselves. Um hopefully you're figuring out a way to integrate joy into your life in very strange and dangerous times in a lot of ways. But it's but it but we should. It's part of what we should do. You know, I tell people to read the whole book of Ecclesiastes, especially if they're a Christian, the whole book, not just the parts that end up in folk songs or get read at weddings and funerals, but read the whole book of Ecclesiastes. And after you're done, you might come to the conclusion that, yeah, life has always been kind of a mess. And if you're a Christian, it is your faith in Jesus that's going to be one of those things that's going to keep things constant. But as far as like money, being rich, being poor, you know, 
actual diseases, actual hunger, droughts, you know, things that can happen, you can't really predict it. There is a plan, but it's not yours. It's not mine. So yeah, long-winded. It's Saturday. I, I don't know if that's the Elton John song. Saturday night's a great night for fighting. If you want to go out and get into a fight, sure, do that. But I don't. I think I don't think you should. But try to find some joy. You know, I don't have any good solutions when it comes to that. I, I would love to tell you that I was brilliant and wise and could point you, you know, point you in a direction and say this is how you're going to find some joy on this Saturday. And sometimes it feels like, especially if you're broke. You can't get any, that there's none allowed for you because you're poor. But what I'm going to say is, in whatever way you can, rich or poor, try to find some joy. And um, other than that, you know, don't give up on yourself. And have a great rest of your weekend.